This is episode three of Everyday Wellness. Back to School Survival 101, Tips to Keep You Sane. I'm Dr. Kelly Donahue, clinical health psychologist, here with my co-host, Cynthia Thurlow, nurse practitioner and functional nutritionist. Let's get started. Welcome to Everyday Wellness. Wellness is the result of the decisions that you make every day. It's your mindset and the thoughts you believe. Wellness is the food you put in your body and the relationship you have with yourself and others. Wellness is your work and meaning. Join us on Everyday Wellness as we explore ways that you can choose wellness today. Hello, hello. Today we are going to talk about the all too familiar back to school craziness that is ongoing for both parents and children this time of the year. Um, And Kelly and I were just talking offline about this and certainly I feel like um, every parent really struggles with this, trying to get their kids back on the schedule trying to, you know, pull together meals for their family, you know, either for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, um, and then, you know, back to school shopping, which for me with a teenager has uh, been enlightening to say the very least. Um, but Kelly, I'd love, we were kind of segueing um, earlier into talking about self-care, how important that is. So maybe we can start there and then kind of circle back. I think that it really does start with self-care because back to school is its whole, it's, it's bigger than a holiday, really. I mean, mm-hmm. when I go into Target after 4th of July, they're setting up back to school stuff. And that just yeah. sort of like ramps up the anxiety, like, oh, we have to mm-hmm. get everything together. And so I think that one of the biggest things we can keep in mind as moms and parents and any sort of kids caregiver is that we need to be kind to ourselves because mm-hmm. if we aren't being kind to ourselves it's going to be much harder to be kind to others yeah. and if we aren't taking care of ourselves we really are going to run out of steam really fast and our patience is going to be short with our children you know so i think setting realistic realistic expectations for what you can do and recognizing that the lunches don't all have to be Instagram worthy Mm. and you know that's okay and so really just kind of setting up some of those positive self-talk loops like I I can do this my my son or daughter is clothed and fed Mm. and you know that's a really good start and it it really seems so basic and I know we all want to go above and beyond and send our kids back to school in a great way but I think it also comes back to thinking about what it is they really need and that's really just our love and support Um, because you know the, the, the back to school sales may come and go but they're still going to be closed in the store Mm-hmm. You don't have to buy everything right this minute. Um, there's still ways to to get those supplies and things and even after back to school begins. So, you know, to, to sum all of that up, I really think it's thinking about the way that we're talking to ourselves and continuing to care for ourselves by finding ways to exercise and do things that bring us pleasure even as we're sending our kids back to school and getting everyone back into a routine. And I think that's so important. I mean, I always feel a little extra pressure, you know, when we start talking about nutrition and how are we meal planning and what are we putting in our kids' lunches because we're both nutritionists. And I think that that lends itself that it's a whole other layer of complexity because people are looking up to us. 
But I also think it's important to be realistic. Um, that's the first thing that I think is so important to reassure people that, you know, sometimes my kids are eating food on the fly. You know, it might be whatever I've grabbed out of the refrigerator that was last night's dinner that they're going to then eat for lunch. Um, and just, you know, you know, and we use things like pre-made bars. Like I have a kiddo that's gluten nut-free and um, grain-free. And so finding something pre-made that he can throw in his lunch, he also swims competitively. So getting enough calories on board is always an issue for him during the school day. Um, but I know for myself personally, you know, during the summer, we have a much less structured schedule. So I might be working out a whole lot later in the morning than I normally would because I don't have to start seeing clients as early as I do during the school year. Um, and, you know, that self-care piece is so important. So even if it's something as simple as looking at your schedule for the week and determining what days you're going to exercise, I know for myself that's a huge part of self-care for, for me. Um, another big thing is having the opportunity to do some professional development reading, which I'm really looking forward to getting back to as of Thursday when my kids go back to school, because that's so good for me mentally. Um, you know, I have friends that journal, I have friends that write in their gratitude journals or just general journals every morning. Um, lots of women just, you know, get outside and walk the dog. So they get some exposure to sunlight and they just feel that really gets their day started, you know, much more beautifully. What's interesting is that this year is the first year we're dealing with a teenager and boy, the hormones that we are experiencing <laughs> and, the, and, and, you know, very appropriately, you know, one minute he's happy, one minute he's mad, one minute he's tearful, um, you know, trying to kind of navigate these new waters of all these uh, behavioral changes, which again are very appropriate given he's 13 years old um, and things that maybe weren't as important to him a few years ago that are now very important. He wants to dress a certain way. He was in tears this morning because at church, he didn't have a shirt pressed and so he was getting himself all worked up. And I said, well, I think this is one of those teaching opportunities. It's time for you to learn how to iron as long as, there you know, you it's supervised. Um, so that you're not waiting on me to do it. But when everything you wear that's cotton has to be ironed, I mean, I can't iron every day, nor do I want to. So. Yeah, that's no fun. No. Yeah, well, that sort of segues into another idea that I had for thinking about how we can get our minds around back to school, and that is delegating and mm -hmm. enlisting help. So I know that oftentimes I forget that my son is growing and has mm -hmm. progressed in his ability to do things. He's six years old yeah. now. He can do some basic kitchen prep and packing and unpacking his backpack and things like that. So I think really allowing our kids to try new things and take on more responsibility, it's mm -hmm. useful for them and it's, it's useful for us too. Absolutely. Uh, in addition to family members, I think that we can, at least, especially for the first few weeks of school when things tend to be a bit crazy with multiple back to school nights and new forms to fill out and sports starting and, and all of those things is getting help from friends or family if you have those resources available. Just as you carefully choose the cut of meat or freshness of produce that you cook at home, you should carefully choose chemical-free cookware that provides a healthy and safe cooking experience. The materials in 360 cookware are safe, sustainable, and of the highest quality. Their cookware is 100% free from any toxic chemicals as the company produces quality stainless steel cookware and bakeware without added chemicals, and all are manufactured in the United States. It's also the leading manufacturer that equips kitchens with cookware and bakeware that are free of all of the toxic chemicals and coatings, including PFAS, Teflon, and ceramic. 
And the best thing is that when used properly, the product's construction provides nonstick properties in a product that can be passed down through generations. Go to www.360cookware.com and use code CYNTHIA20 for 20% off your first order. Again, that's 360cookware.com and use code CYNTHIA20 for 20% off your first order. We've been using their products over the last several months and have really been pleased with not only the durability, but ease of cleanliness. Have you guys heard about a bioactive whole food on the market with 5,000 published research studies backing it? When my oldest son needed to go on antibiotics a few months ago, I discovered Armor colostrum and the benefits for him and his recovery from being on antibiotics have been instrumental in me now recommending this to my dairy non-sensitive patients and clients. Armor's colostrum strengthens immunity, ignites metabolism, fortifies gut health, promotes hair growth and skin radiance, and powers fitness performance and recovery. My son has mentioned to me over and over again how great his gut feels, how he has improved his digestion and gut function as well. Colostrum is a rich, exclusive source of immunoglobulins or antibodies that optimize our immune defense even during cold and flu season. And we know that mucosal barriers house over 80% of our body's immune cells, including including the antibodies IgG and SIG-A. And these immunoglobulins bind and intercept harmful particles like viruses, bacteria, and toxins, blocking them from crossing into the barriers into our bloodstream. And armrest colostrum contains the highest levels of SIG-A and IgG to ensure your most fortified first line of protection. It's sustainably sourced. And it's important to know that you want to mix colostrum only with cold liquids or foods or dry scoop it into your mouth. This is also great for the oral microbiome. And we've worked out a special offer for my everyday wellness community where you can receive 15% off your first order. Go to tryarmra.com slash Cynthia15 or enter Cynthia15 to get 15% off your first order. That's T-R-Y-A-R-M-R-A.com slash Cynthia15. You definitely want to check it out. Something that I tend to do during stressful weeks is I'll get meal prep from um, Sunbasket. It's not something that I do regularly um, because it it is probably more costly than buying the food at the grocery store myself, but it just simplifies things so much when I get home at the end of the day to have all my food there and ready to go. I think that's so smart. You know, I, I think that it's all about finding ways to make this a little bit easier for ourselves. I was mentioning that um, I just started using territory foods and have started recommending, I've been recommending that to clients for months, but this summer, because my oldest son and I eat exactly the same way, he was eating all the leftovers, which meant I had nothing to eat for lunch, um, which is a source of frustration. And and that's been a really nice option uh, for us or for me um, to have, you know, midday, and even as moms, because I work from home, having something that's done um, and I was just buying three meals and it was really, I could, the portions were large enough that it could really make it six meals. Um, but it was one less thing for me to have to worry about, to stop in the middle of the day, grab that and get back to what I was doing. Um, but I think it's so important to have those little, you know, those kind of helping hands, you know, and there's, there's no shame in that. I think the other thing is, uh, we don't have any local family per se, um, that's able to help with us. So one of the things that we enlisted the help with is one of our adult sitters, two afternoons a week, she kind of deals with the carpool back and forth to swimming, which 
um, they move the pool that my children are swimming at. So it's now not 15 minutes away, it's 30 minutes away plus traffic. So um, having her assistance is really helping kind of keep things uh, certainly at a, at a better pace than they would otherwise be. Instead, I'm the harried mom who's walking around with a laptop in the middle of a pool uh, trying to plan a place so I can get some Wi-Fi so I can get work done while they're swimming. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, sometimes I think it just takes that little bit of just a couple hours a week to really mm -hmm. shift things. Yeah. Just that time to reorient yourself. You know, you were talking about the morning time and having friends who journal mm -hmm. or do things like that. And I found that that's very true for me too. If I am up before the rest of the family and I'm able to do something for myself, whether that's meditate or on a nice non rainy day, go outside for a quick walk, it just really sets the tone and it puts me in a better mood. And, mm -hmm. you know, kids are so sensitive and intuitive that they definitely pick up on that mood. So I, I know that that transfers onto him and will help my son have a better day too. I think that's wonderful. And, you know, you touched on delegation, uh, whether that's with our significant others and spouses uh, or with children, you know, I, I think because I was a child of divorce and my parents, um, you know, obviously I, it was just my brother and I, my mother for many years, my mother really delegated quite a bit to me. And I think because our situation is different. My husband and I've been married for 15 years. Um, I've done a lot for my kids, a lot more than my mother did for me because she was working full time out of the house and had, you know, a very stressful job. Not that my job isn't stressful, but different dynamic uh, being a, a single parent household. And I've been doing a lot for my, my now 13 year old. And so I finally said to him this summer, um, if you don't bring your laundry downstairs, I won't do it. And he looked at me like I had two heads and I said, and, and I will fold your laundry, but you will put it all away. And so that's what I did this afternoon. I said, I don't have the time anymore to spend 30 minutes, you know, cleaning up your drawers and putting things away. I was like, that's going to be your new thing. And, and, and I just kept explaining to him that that will continue. You will continue to get extra things to do because, you know, eventually you need, you're going to leave the house and I need you to be an independent adult. I don't want to be doing your laundry uh, when you come home from college. Of course, I do that lovingly, but... Um, I need you to be able to do these things for yourself. And, and he was completely stunned. And of course, my 10 year old who is recovering from surgery, his first thing was I can bring my laundry down. I was like, I know you're very independent, but your brother isn't. So, oh. um, you know, kind of defining expectations and, and, you know, the good communication with our spouses is also really important. I know when we look at our schedule for the week, I will say to my husband, I need you to pick up on this day. I need you to drop off on this day if he's not traveling so that there's that clear communication about where you need help because I, I find that I'm a better parent, I'm a better spouse if I feel like there's a team effort as opposed to me being the sinking ship <laughs> yeah, feeling that way. Absolutely. And I think that communicating, like you mentioned, is mm -hmm. so important rather than having these kind of implicit expectations that you never mm -hmm. explicitly communicate to your yeah. significant other. So I would love it if my husband would make lunches for my son several days a week, but I've never mm -hmm. said that. So when I actually yeah. said that, he did it with no problem. And it was like, oh man, yeah. why wasn't I saying this a long time ago? Exactly. But, you know, as a sort of recovering type A perfectionist, mm -hmm. I also think that being able to let go of things being done a certain way mm -hmm. um, has helped a lot. So when my husband packs my son's lunches, they probably aren't the lunches that I would pack for him, but he's getting fed and it's all relatively good food and that's okay. So mm -hmm. being able to just let go of that and knowing that the energy that I'm not spending on that, on worrying about that can be spent on something way more positive for me or for my family has been really super useful. 
No, that, and that's a, I, again, I think that's another great uh, point to make that, you know, all of us or most of us are recovering perfectionists. And so I've had to learn that it's okay if my kids don't have a perfectly packed lunch and they'll, they'll be the first ones to let me know. Dad didn't pack things the way you do. And I said, well, you're old enough now that you can open up your lunchbox and you can look. And it, and ultimately, if you leave the house without X, Y, and Z, um, I'm going to hold you accountable. And they just looked at me like they were stunned. And I said, again, this goes back to the fact you're old enough now. You have a voice. You can say, hey, mom, or hey, dad, you forgot my snack. Or you didn't give me, you know, some type of healthy fat, you know, to sustain me through the day. Or you forgot about my kids like crunchy things, so they always have to something crunchy in their lunch. Um, you know, they're always so disappointed. Well, dad makes my lunch. He always forgets this and this and this. I said, well, you know, you guys are old enough now. So now we're at the point where I give them a little bit more responsibility. I'll say, okay, well, then you need to check your lunch before you leave the house. And, you know, that was life-altering for us. Uh, they, you know, they kind of took to that very easily because they realized they had some control. I think they were feeling like they didn't have a lot of control, but that allowed them to feel a bit empowered. Yeah. And I think also understanding that there might be a period of chaos or difficulty (laughs) with taking on some of these new changes or new behaviors. And that doesn't mean that, or resistance, but that doesn't mean that it's a stop sign. That doesn't mean that you shouldn't move forward with it. It just means that it's going to take a little bit longer for the new patterns, both the family dynamic patterns and sort of the neural network patterns in your Mm -hmm. brain and in your child's brain to actually get established so that that becomes their natural pattern rather than reverting to letting you do everything. Mm-hmm. Go neuroplasticity. There you, know, you go. Favorite geeky word. <laughs> no, it's like the word of the year. I think it is. I, well, I think for me, you know, I'm not traditionally trained um, in the way that you are. So, you know, for me being very Western medicine, you know, medically trained, um, you know, neuroplasticity, the concept that you can actually change your, the structure of your brain with, your thought patterns and, and your actions to me, I mean, that just blew my mind. I keep talking about it. You know, it's, you think about a book that you read that really changed your whole perspective on the way that, that you think. Um, and, and we could have a whole, we could have a whole, um, episode just on, on that, but, um, it's really fascinating. So I encourage everyone that's listening that, uh, recognizing that the thought patterns that we have, um, whether they be good or bad can really structurally alter our brains. So you want to always be thinking as much as you can from a positive perspective and recognizing, you know, changes that we make to our schedules oftentimes take a couple weeks before they feel like they're less effort and then they become a little bit easier for us to do. And I think we don't really think about our thinking and that's Mm -hmm. by design because if we spent all of our time thinking about our thinking, that wouldn't Mm -hmm. leave a whole lot of time for some of those routine things we need to do. But I think that when we can shine a light on what it is that we're thinking that helps us to understand why we're feeling and why we're behaving in a certain way. And that's true for our children too, as we're preparing to go back to school. Um, I think one of the things that I've had to be sensitive to and understand is that my son is more of a sensitive creature and he does get a little bit nervous about going back to school. And so, you know, talking to him about that and allowing him to express his emotions and, and not jumping right to the behavior that I want him to do, but really looking at, okay, how does he need to feel in order to want to pack his backpack every day and what does he need to think about that you know he needs to think I can do this and I'm going to like school and then therefore he's going to feel good and going to want to pack his backpack so kind of unpacking some of that 
and looking at the components that are necessary to get the behavior that you want. So smart. That's so smart. Is he heading into first grade? He is. Yeah, he's heading into first grade. And he's excited because he has a friend who's going into kindergarten now. So he feels like the big man on campus Uh that he can show around his friend. So cute. So cute. Yeah. So I have a a fifth grader. Um, Hard to believe it'll be his last year of elementary school and a seventh grader. And my rising seventh grader is really excited because he knows how anxious he was being a first year middle schooler last year in sixth grade. Uh, but he's a little nervous. I think he's actually more, my fifth grader is the consummate, self-assured, even with two broken arms that are still healing. He's going back to school feeling pretty confident, but my seventh grader is definitely a little anxious because this is the year for him that some of his classes are going to count for high school credit and it will be available to colleges to look at. And I still can't wrap my head around that he's even worrying about that yet, but um, I, I think it's absolutely important for us as parents, as you mentioned, you know, um, supporting them having those ongoing conversations about their concerns, supporting them having those ongoing conversations about their concerns, and, and certainly of a worrier, you know, typical firstborn, really responsible. Um, my secondborn is very much the fly by the seat of his pants, but very deliberate, very confident, doesn't worry about a whole lot. Do you find yourself struggling to get a good night's sleep? If so, you may be dealing with a hidden mineral deficiency. It is not at all uncommon in perimenopause and menopause to deal with sleep challenges. And we know that one of many contributory reasons for poor sleep can be a reduction in specific minerals that help regulate sleep quality, including magnesium, which is involved in GABA, which is our body's main calming neurotransmitter. We also know that we need potassium to create melatonin. And this is a hormone that is a master antioxidant, but is also utilized to help induce sleep. We also think about things like zinc, which can balance excitatory neurotransmitters like glutamate. And if it's overactive, meaning if your glutamate levels are too high, it can prevent your brain from becoming more relaxed and inducing sleep. And lastly, selenium increases both our deep sleep and sleep duration. All these minerals matter a lot for sleep and any imbalances or deficits can have a major impact on the quality of sleep you get each night. And that's why I love Beam Minerals. They offer a full spectrum mineral supplement that gives you every essential mineral your body needs in the right doses, all in a highly absorbable liquid form. All you do is take a shot of bean minerals about an hour before bed. Don't worry, it tastes like water. And you'll replenish all of your body's minerals in about 30 seconds and give your brain what it needs for deep restorative sleep. I've been using this product over the last several months. I've really been impressed with the improvement in my sleep metrics, which I like to share on social media with my followers. And if you want a simple way to improve your sleep, head over to www.beaminerals.com and use code Cynthia for 20% off your first order. That's www.beaminerals.com and use code Cynthia for 20% off your first order. A great deal about our focus on everyday wellness is on supporting gut health. And one of my new favorite ways to recommend to family and friends and even clients is to consider colostrum. And so Equip Foods has an amazing product that helps to improve immunity and gut health and recovery. 
and each scoop contains grass-fed, pasture-raised, antibiotic-free colostrum. And if you're wondering what colostrum is, it's a nutritional powerhouse that serves as the first source of nutrition for mammals in nature. It's been shown to enhance immune function, gut health, and recovery with vital nutrients such as lactoferrin, growth factors, and prolon-rich polypeptides. Colostrum is a natural milk-like fluid produced by mammals immediately following delivery of the newborn. And while colostrum is a dairy product, it does not contain milk or lactose. So most people with lactose intolerance usually find colostrum very easily digestible and beneficial to gut health. You can use one scoop a day. You can mix it in things like coffee or mix it in shakes or even yogurt or even some of your baked food recipes. As I mentioned, has a lot of health benefits, including research demonstrating the improvement in a reduction in inflammation, promoting good gut flora, and supporting restoring leaky gut to normal permeability. And what I love best is that Equip Foods is very ethically focused. Their cows are humanely raised and ethically treated, and cows produce an excess of colostrum when nursing. So only after their babies get what they need are they able to source the excess colostrum for use in their products. There is three grams of colostrum in each scoop and one serving in comparison to main competitors has just one gram. And research demonstrates that this dose of three grams actually promotes more benefits to gut health, immune function, recovery, and vitality. So if you'd love to take care of your health, you can go to www.equipfoods.com slash Cynthia20 to get 20% off your first order. That's www.equipfoods.com slash Cynthia20. You definitely want to check this out. And parenting them is so different. Um, I can't apply the same principles, but, you know, having those ongoing conversations, I think, you know, one of the biggest issues that we're kind of contending with is that our children are now old enough, they're 10 and 13, that um, they've been staying up fairly late. And when I say fairly is late, they go to bed when I do. And so that's kind of embarrassing. Sometimes I'm in bed at 930 and they're still up, but um, trying to get them back to a more normalized bedtime and explaining to them that, you know, it's not going to work for you to go to bed at 10 or 1030 every night. That's not realistic when school starts. Um, so trying to get them back, you know, kind of rolling them back and telling them, okay, today's Sunday. So starting tonight, you're going to be in bed at nine lights out at nine 30. Um, and the 10 year old doesn't really, doesn't seem to mind that too much, but the 13 year old takes that as a personal affront to his, um, independence. You know, he was kind of giving us a hard time last night. I said, well, that's part of being a parent. We make those decisions for you. So you don't have to, (laughs) so Right. But I love that you're making it very clear and you're Mm -hmm. communicating not only what the rules are, but also helping them to understand why you're making those rules. Mm -hmm. Um, I think for my son at at six, he's a very concrete thinker still, Mm -hmm. which is normal for this developmental age. But one thing that's helped us is writing things down. So we have a calendar in our kitchen and writing down his chores or the things he's supposed to do each day can be very helpful because he tends to forget and get distracted fairly easily. Um, Mm -hmm. And that can really help to keep him on task and to get those routine things or those things we want to become routine kind of out of our brain and onto paper where we can regularly check in with them and have them Mm -hmm. in our visual space. I love that. We actually have one um, 
I, I put it up nor mainly for for my middle schooler because you know he was having trouble kind of wrapping his head around the need a different teacher for every class and different responsibilities and so we have a calendar that's just for the kids we put all their you know sports and scholastic stuff up there but I would tell him if you know you have a quiz or a test I want it on that calendar because then I can keep an eye on it like you said I'm very visually oriented so for me if I can see it I can remember to remind him we can talk about it um, it's interesting how, you know, and I explained to him, I said, I don't need to write it down. It's for you to write down so that I know that we're having this conversation about looking ahead and what's coming so that there are no surprises, you know, every once in a while. Um, and I'm sure, I'm sure your, your son will probably do this to you too. They'll, you know, through the best of their intentions, sometimes they just forget stuff. And when they're younger, um, I feel like it's, there's more impetus for us to really be reminding them and I'm trying very hard not to be, not to be doing as much of that now with my older son. That, you know, he's in seventh grade now. Your expectation is your focus is school. It's not the iPhone. It's not the iPad. It's not Xbox. It's not Fortnite. Um, and be grateful that your that your son is not dealing with Fortnite because I can't quite wrap my head around the attraction. With children, I don't even know what that it's is. Obsessive. It's it's a game on Xbox, and there is not a parent of a like upper elementary school, middle school, and older kid that doesn't moan about Xbox. Um, I guess it keeps them off the streets, right? So it's, <laughs> it's, it's fairly benign, but it's trying to limit the amount of time that they spend on it that can be, um, I, I sometimes feel like I'm constantly saying the same thing repetitively over and over and over again. In terms of violence, it's nowhere near as bad as a lot of other stuff that's out there, but it just doesn't intrinsically it's like Minecraft. I, I, I just couldn't understand how that was even remotely interesting to my children when they were into that. Um, but it's, you know, much like anything, I'm sure there were things that, that I did that my parents kind of scratched their heads and were like, okay, I don't really get it. But <laughs> obviously, you know, you're off the streets, you're not getting into trouble. So we'll just have to figure out how we navigate this. Right. Well, so kind of to wrap things up, because we know you all are getting back to school and we know your time is precious, we want to make sure that you understand really the most important thing is to take care of yourself and really pay attention to the way that you're talking your, to yourself, because that will influence how you act in front of your children, what you say to your children, and they'll pick up on that too. So it it's good for you and it's also kind of selfish because it makes your life a little bit easier if they are picking up on those things too and kind of going along with you. Don't be afraid to ask for help from neighbors, carpools, family, friends, um, and get help with meal prep if that turns out to be a big struggle for you once you're getting back into the swing of things. Any other big take-homes, Cynthia? You know, I think, you know, you definitely hit on some high points. I would say just recognizing that it takes several weeks to feel like whatever new schedule you and your family are undergoing or are dealing with, it always takes a couple of weeks for it to feel less forced. Um, I always feel like the first couple of weeks of school, everyone's more tired. You know, the kids have had um, a much more laid back summer. And so all of a sudden they're being forced to sit in chairs and you know focus and, and do all of those things. So I always feel like it. sometimes it takes a couple of weeks to kind of figure out what works best for the entire family. But I usually say by the, by you know middle to late September, I feel like everyone kind of gets into a groove and it's not such an onerous task to get up earlier in the morning and get dressed and breakfast and out the door. Um, everything seems to flow a whole lot easier. So I always say, you know, just be patient, be kind to yourself, as you said, and also recognize that it does take a couple of weeks for things to fall into place. And, and I feel like anytime your child is going from 
you know, uh, you know, preschool to elementary school, elementary school to, to middle school, middle school to high school, those big changes um, can really be very stressful for your child, you know, both internally and externally. So just giving them a little bit of, um, as I always say, give them a little bit of grace, but recognizing that sometimes they may, your otherwise well-behaved child may suddenly start, you know, acting out a little bit at home, more so because it's a safe environment for them to do so. So I give my 13-year-old who's grumping up a storm this week, um, I'm giving him a little bit more latitude with some of the uh, things we've been talking about, just because I know for him, he's starting to feel a little stressed um, about school starting, but all in all, it'll be good. It will. It will be good. And so if you have ideas or strategies that have worked for you for your back to school prep, feel free to email us at everydaywellnesspodcast at gmail.com or get in touch with either Cynthia or myself on our social media channels. Thanks all for listening. And we hope you have a great back to school season. Thanks. Thank you so much for joining us. You can find out more about Cynthia and her work at chtwellness.com. And you can find out more about Kelly and her work at everydaytherapist.com. In addition, if you have questions for us or topics you'd like us to address, please email us at everydaywellnesspodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, be well.